Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through some of the most important and rockinest albums of all time. This season, we're focusing on albums from the 1980s. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and with me, as always, is my co-host and cousin, Sam Tonkin. Welcome, Sam. G'day, g'day. How are you doing in these fun, isolated times? I'm going okay. Hey, Sam, do you know this week we're going to be talking about Nine Inch Nails's 1989 debut or debut, debut. album, Pretty Hate debut. Machine. Hey, it was voted as the mean. 16th most popular 80s rock album by our listeners. 16th, 16th. we're in the sweet 16 now. Sweet 16 of Nin. And yeah, I I knew him I knew him sort of casually growing up. You know, you know, know the hits closer, star fuckers, stuff like that. But um <laughs> and and had like a hole off this album. But probably, I reckon maybe a new 10 songs all up. How, how was your relationship with them growing up? Uh, not going to lie. I didn't know anything about them except for Closer, which I only found out in the last week that it was called Closer, not I Want to Fuck You Like an Animal or similar. Right. Which is fun. Um, but then listening to this album, there was like maybe one or two tracks that I was like, do I know this? Is this, this is familiar, but I'm not sure if it's, you know what I mean? Like maybe I have heard it in some early morning rage. It's got a very distinctive sound, right? It is. It is very distinct. It is, uh, the word that keeps popping up is industrial. Industrial. Yes. Industrial, industrial sounds. Industrial. It have just you sounds put like together a bit of a bio for Nine Inch Nails or for Trent Reznor? I have. Uh, a bit of Porkenolos Dos. Well, it's, I mean, basically, it's the same thing, isn't it? Nin is Trent Reznor and Trent Reznor is Nin. Fun facts. Yeah, that's um, right. They're pretty much a one-man band. He is. And he, get, he gets musicians in when he needs them. And I will tell you about why that is in un moment. Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, first things first, Trent's real name is Michael. Michael Trent Reznor. And shall here be forth known as Michael. Mickey. Michael uh, he Trent was born. Reznor. So he's going with his middle name. Michael yeah. not show busy enough. Because Trent is real. Trent showbiz. Is, that's Rockstar. Trent. Trent. Trent's like a I'm Trent's a real Trent. like Australia name, don't you reckon? Trent. Trent. Oh Trent from Punchy. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I think that might be all it is. I don't I've never met a Trent before. No, nor have I, but I reckon that's one of the oldest like meme type things. Are you running through your list of people you've met in the thirty odd years of your life? I've known a Trent. Lies. Terrible lies. Um so Michael was born on the seventeenth of May in nineteen sixty five in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Um 
and grew up in Mercer, Pennsylvania. And after his parents divorced, he lives, lived with his maternal grandparents from the age of six while his sister lived with their mother. Uh, he began yeah, playing. Right. Yeah, interesting that it's he's gone with the grandparents, isn't it? Um, yes, but split up from his sister. I wonder how yeah, that went down. Yeah, I mean, well, is his music telling? We shall never know. Or maybe I wonder we do if, know. I don't know. If it was some sort of a, a hockey-related thing, one of them went for the Penguins, the other one went I'd for the I'd say it's the most likely reason for that, yep. you know. Okay. Um, and that's fair. Hockey is yep. a real thing in real life. Hockey is life. Hockey is Hockey life. life. Puck or death. I've always said it. <laughs> From the get-go, you are a, yep. a proud owner of uh, hockey hair, they yeah. would say. Anya, you should rock some Canadian tuxedos also, just to go with it. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, so, he lived with his grandparents and began playing the piano at age 12 and showed an early aptitude for music. Um, his grandfather, Bill, bless him, uh, told People magazine in February 1995 that Michael was a good kid, a boy scout who loved to skateboard, build model planes and play the piano. Uh, and he said he's music was his life from the time he was a wee boy. He was so gifted. What a cutie. So, like, you know, it sounds so far that his upbringing was somewhat pleasant. Um, yeah, sounds pretty chilled out. Yeah. Um, and grandparents, then- like, I always love staying with grandparents as well. You know, they had, they had slightly better breakfast cereal. They did. It was always more sugary. Yeah, that's right. Although memories of staying at our grandparents was, um, what's it called? The beef, corned beef. And I did not oh, enjoy that. Corned beef and burnt mashed potato. I recall the corned beef. That was a- I recall- That was a Bren special. Well, it was exciting to have milk heated up on the stove to go over wheat bix. Because <laughs> at home, we were only allowed to use boiled water. What? With a bit of milk. So that was- so it was just like living in luxury, having all milk on your wheat bix. That is lux. Not thinned out by water. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks, Nan and Pop, I'm for the VIP. spoils. <laughs> um, but old mate Michael here, he has acknowledged that his sheltered life, because uh, it sounds like he's grown up in Sticks, Pennsylvania, um, left him feeling isolated from the outside world, uh, and he referred to his choices in the music industry. Uh, I don't know why I want to do these things other than my desire to escape from small town USA, to dismiss the boundaries and to explore. It isn't a bad place where I grew up, but there was nothing going on but the cornfields. My life experience came from watching movies, watching TV and looking at magazines. And when your culture comes from those things, you're bombarded every day with images of things that seem cool, places that seem interesting and people who have jobs and careers and opportunities. None of that happened where I was. You're almost taught to realize that it's not for you. Which sounds, you know, it sounds like living in isolation. Um, but then he's also clarified more than once that he did not want to give the impression that he had a miserable childhood. And it sounds like he's had a pretty good relationship with his grandparents since. Um, cool. Which is, you know, that's nice. We don't wish sad childhoods upon people. Um, well, I mean, why are, you, why are you even suggesting that we might be wishing sad childhood? <laughs> Sad childhoods no on people. That's very defensive, Sam. I mean, I, have you I, been wishing sad childhoods? Uh, 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 Sam. The weather is so good today. Uh, anyway, you stop that! <laughs> stop that! Wishing sad childhood, Sam. Uh, it's not nice. I shantant. Shant, shant, shant. Oh my I don't gosh. know. Um. So while old mate uh, Trent 
Michael, Michael Trent, MT for short, uh, was going through schooling. He learned to play the tenor saxophone and tuba and was members of the jazz and marching bands. Uh, the school's bum, former bum, director. Bum, bum. <laughs> that's exactly a marching band, is it not? I don't know. Can you can you do a jazz band for us? <laughs> I think that's scat. Uh, scat's a subgenre of jazz. Or isn't and that scat? Jazz is a subgenre <laughs> of jazz. Ah. Follow the rabbit hole, man. <laughs> Chicken or egg. Uh, mm. What else? What else could Michael play? He was in a cover band. Uh, he also was a keyboardist. He uh, was known as a or his old uh, band director remembered him as being very upbeat and friendly. Uh, and he was involved in theater in the theater uh, and was awarded best in drama by his classmates for his role as Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, he Which would have been a good fitting. Judas. Do you reckon? It just feels right. Yeah, that him. feels very right. He, it just he feels, feels very Judas-y. Him, Judas. uh, either Judas or Snape. They're the two roles he was born to play. Snape? Snape. It's the hair, isn't it? You should see him in the 90s. He had he was full Snape looking. Full Snape? I will he went full Google Snape. and I will post... I have a funny feeling, I I haven't looked this up, I don't think, but I've got a funny feeling that they based the cinema, cinematic version of Snape on Trent Reznor in the 90s. I'm going to look that up and confirm or deny. Hopefully confirm, because that's fun. Because you've got Harry Potter tattoos, so this is right up your alley. It's right up my Diagon Alley. That's a Harry Potter reference. Uh, My Potterhead's out here, they will know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Pothead. Yep. Uh, Moving on. Um, what, what else, what other fun facts can I tell you? He, uh, went to college also in Pennsylvania. Sounds like Pennsylvania was the place to be. Uh, and he studied computer engineering. Uh, and while he was still in high school, he joined a local band and played three shows a week with them. After a year of college, he dropped out and moved to Cleveland, Ohio uh, to pursue well, a career Cleveland in rocks, music. As we know from, uh, Hugh Craig the third. Huey, Huey, Hughie Craig the third. The... Didn't know why Cleveland was the heart of rock and roll. The heart of rock and roll is but in then Cleveland. You found out, and from what I've seen, I believe them. Have you been to Cleveland? I mean, not physically, but uh, my heart has been there. Like emotionally, yeah, emotionally, yeah. spiritually, musically, you've been to Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Transcendently, and it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um. And after a while, basically, he decided to bail because uh, he was unable to find a band that could articulate his songs as he wanted. Um, So inspired by Prince, he played all the instruments except drums by himself uh, and has pretty much continued this role for most of the band's studio recordings throughout the years, Uh, although he does occasionally involve other musicians, assistants, drummers, and rhythm experts which is a wonderful title, and I would love to meet a rhythm experts. This is the rhythm of the night. Yeah, right. And then um, I guess that, that pretty much brings us up to his first album. So he was, and this is what we're talking about today, yeah. his debut album, Pretty Hate Machine. Uh, I normally look up a review to read out, but this week I've got one better. Um, mm-hmm. I was initially, we were hoping to get him on the show, Evan Monroe Smith, because Nine Inch Nails is his favorite band. Oi. Uh, 
So yeah, I've got this little uh, little couple of minute review from Evan Monroe Smith. Take it away, Evan. Thank you, Matt and Sam, and uh, what a pleasure it is to be back on the show uh, to talk about one of my favourite bands, Nine Inch Nails. I've been a fan of Nine Inch Nails since uh, my angsty teenage years, and uh, Pretty Hate Machine is where it all started. Yes, the story goes that uh, Trent recorded the demos while he was working nights as a handyman and a toilet cleaner at a recording studio, and he uh, scored a record deal out of that. I don't think it's his best album. He's changed a lot over the years, um, both in style and also in uh, like in production and uh, lyrical content and the people that he works with. So, so his albums have changed a lot since um, 1989 when this was released, and, and I think he's gotten a lot better. And it's um, not to say it's a bad album. Um, it's it's uh, the first two tracks, for example, "Head Like a Hole" and "Terrible Lie," are both hits. Like they're both great songs. I think they still play them live on every tour they do. They sound very much of the time in terms of production, um, but as songs, they absolutely hold up today. A side note from me, Terrible Eye uh, is the song that Weird Al uses uh, as, as sort of a, a basis for his uh, Nine Inch Nails parody, um, along with Closer, which is from The Downward Spiral, which is uh, an absolutely iconic album. Um, uh, his parody song is called Germs, and it's great. Uh, I heard the Weird Al parody as a kid and then grew into the original. Um, Trent himself has talked about how sometimes he'll overproduce, like he'll go out of his way to make his music sound abrasive and unpleasant just for the hell of it um and i feel like sanctified has a bit of that for me it's got that weird noise in the chorus i don't know if it really adds much but it's weird and it does have a good bass line um something i can never have is where strips it all back it's an intimate piano song it makes my spine tingle every time i hear it it's so good um he always performs it with such raw emotion my favorite version of something i can never have is from the steel ep um, which is a sort of a, a collection of live recordings and sort of uh, some um, unplugged studio stuff. Um, really, really good. If you're if you're liking the sounds of Nine Inch Nails, you should definitely check out the Still EP for some more like stripped back stuff. Another one of my favorites is a track called Sin. Uh, it's a it's a very catchy, poppy, synthy song. I love it. The Only Time is a favorite track as well. Lay my hands on heaven and the sun and the moon and the stars. Or the devil wants to fuck me in the back of his car. What a lyric. Um, and it has such a great, like, slap bass sound. Uh, great bass line. Such a great song. I I come back to this one a lot. I like it. But overall, though, I do really enjoy checking on this album every now and then. Um, as I said, I don't think it's his best work. But, but you can kind of see where where it all comes from, I think. You can feel, feel like you can trace all this good stuff back to the various bits in this album um and and the 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 tracks that have that stood the test of time had like a hole and terrible lie both great songs and the start of an amazing career for one of my favorite musicians trent reznor i love that it's always nice to hear from someone who like really enjoys what we're talking about eg us about cold chisel <laughs> yes that was you hear the passion in his voice yes he, he, he loves Trent Reznor, he loves. loves. And I love how he worked in a Weird Al Yankovic re- reference because that's his other favourite artist. Weird Is Al really? and Trent are his big two. What a what a combo. I reckon I reckon Weird Al, having Weird Al, uh, you know, take your music, 
and uh, parody it is the ultimate sign that you've made it. I think fuck it the is dollars, too. fuck the platinum records, Weird Al. But, but it sounds like what it. Evan's saying there is that it was Weird Al that led him to Nine Inch Nails, which is kind of fun as well. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so, he did. So it sort of is like a, a little advertisement for it. Yeah, what a weird um, um what a weird entryway. Like I saw this weird song by this weird guy called Weird Al and now I'm listening yeah, to Industrial Strength Metal. <laughs> Industrial Strength. He loves it. He loves it so much. Excellent. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Should we start uh, going through some of these tracks? Yeah, why not? All right. So it's the albums from 1989. Something I noticed uh, pretty strongly was the 80s sound. Like it was late 80s, but they really held on. He really held on to that 80s production sound. And I think Evan sort of mentioned that as well. The the production's dated a little bit. But um, Yeah, okay. Some of the songs are still bangers. I reckon it's I reckon it starts with the cracker head like a hole. I did think uh, this was an excellent opener, for sure. Yeah. It's been a season. And you, you know of how we feel about a good track. opener. Yeah. Very important on a rock album. But I mean that those drums, very eighties. Drum machiney sort of stuff. Yeah, that weird little like that's that screams eighties to me. And then that synthy, synthy bassy, yeah, mixiness. It's, it's like uh, it's like the it's the eurythmics, uh, even sadder or something, even gloomier <laughs> eurythmics. Sad eurythmics. Try it. They always bum me out when I was a kid. Eurythmics. Yeah, this is a sick song. Head like a hole. Yeah, this was one of the ones that I was like, maybe I do know this. Yeah, this is a this is still a big hit of his, I think. Like Evan said, he still plays it live a lot. And then track number two is Terrible Lie. And this is one I, I didn't know it by name, but after hearing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this song I, I know pretty well as well. I, I always thought he was, he was saying, saying down the line, though. Oh, see, down I thought he was saying line. don't lie. Oh. Should we get a message out to Trent? Enunciate more. Not that hard. Trent, please. Mr. Mr. Michael. Yeah. Terrible lie. I hear it now. It's like it's very yeah, obvious what, what he's saying now, saying. but I know that that's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this is another good one. And then uh, track three, Down In It. This one, I think, is maybe the 80th on it. Those drums and then he's sort of rapping almost. This one, yeah, this sounds very much like a uh, an In Excess song. Yeah. I find that this one's maybe my least favourite on the album, I think. That, um... The weird kind of noise in the background is... It sounds like he's, like, bashing pipes on pipes. And that yeah. really, really gives me that industrialness. And then, it, yeah, this is, feels like a pastel kid from the country rapping. Not from the country. That's just where it's from. This is Cornfield rap. It just sounds... It's, anyway, whatever. The next one... Sanctify, I really like though. Evan said he, he mentioned the weird sound in the chorus, but I don't mind it. It's one of those weird industrially sort of clanks. But I think it's pretty good. I think this is one of the one of my favorite tracks on the album. I'm trying to think the weird noise in the chorus. Oh, and the the bass. Almost forgot about that funky yeah, it's a, bass it's line. Yeah, filthy bass. Fun fact, uh, the guy who did this bass line, Trent Reznor, he went on to do the Seinfeld theme. Oh, really? No. No, sorry. Oh. I totally bought that. <laughs> Apologies. I thought that was dumb enough to be obvious, but not quite. We live in a crazy world. Where's this sound? It's a drill or something, that's what it sounds like. The next one is called Something I Can Never Have. This is the one that I think Evan said this one gives him tingles. Tingles? This one's got oh. some like. Marvel moviness about it, don't you reckon? Oh, uh, it's very, yeah, very soundtracky. He has scored a few movies, I think, in the years since. Feels like he's pretty well set up to do that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and he, and this is one that Evan said to, if people are interested to check out on um. On the still EP. I think he said it brings, uh, makes the hair on the back of his neck stand up or something like that. Yeah, okay. Evan's a very gloomy guy, though. (laughs) (laughs) He's also part robot, that's why he likes all these sort of 
metallic sounds and drills and whatnot going off. That's music to Industrial. his Industrial. Uh, next one's called Kinda I Want To. Does a few slow intros. Yeah, like just a bit of a. I mean, I say noise, but. Music noise. This one's a bit 80s, I reckon. Yeah. I think it's all so 80s, but... It's funny, like, listening to these, because I, I obviously didn't know a whole lot from him, them, him, they. Um, so I don't, I don't really have a kind of idea of um, sound development throughout the years, so it all kind of sounds same to me. Right. So, but this, I thought this sounded, uh, like, I was surprised to learn that it was 1989 was their first album. I dead set thought it was, like, mid to late 90s at the earliest. Yeah, no, I I think his his style is very 90s. Like, he, I mean, I think he was so influential that his style his, became very 90s. His time. Next one's called Sin. Sounds like shot, shot, shots. Everybody. <laughs> shot, 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 shot. Do you reckon? There's a bit of that. Every song does sound is, is quite distinct. I think there's a fair bit of variation on the album, even though it's all obviously right within his. This sounds very sound. new wave. Yeah. Sounds totally different to everything else. Uh, then you got That's What I Got. Oh god, this is 80s as hell. <laughs> yeah. Trying to think what it reminds me of. Every time I see you falling. That bit, like just the opening there. But now it's gone like that industrial. Very serious sounding guy. Mm. That's you gotta be serious when you're changing the world of music. You do. You can't take the pos. I guess I'm not the only boy for you. Uh the next one, the second last track. The only time is the one with Evans, the lyric Evan loves. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got he's got sexy all of a sudden. <laughs> His version of it. Yeah, he's feeling he's feeling things. Yeah. The blood's 
started pumping from his black heart all the way down to his. <laughs> Goth dick. I reckon a few babies got made of this one. And then the album closed out with Ring Finger. I guess uh, the babies have been made, now everyone's putting the wedding rings on it. <laughs> it's again, this intro is very like... New wave pop, 80s. Yeah. It's funny how it starts so like light, like this could really go anywhere. Yeah. There's no huge clues. But you know something's coming. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good builder. Yeah. Well, you've got me working so hard lately. Working my hands until they bleed. If I was twice the man I I like his voice. Mmm, it's very distinct, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Get somewhere. We we saw him play a few years ago, didn't we? What year was that? Yeah, at um, Soundwave. Oh, God, what year was that? Blink-182 still had Tom DeLong in it, so it's been a while. Oh, yeah. 2015, 16, maybe? Yeah, right. I'm going to Google it right now. And then we saw him with Quatzer as well. Yes, that's right. Um, they when they were like doing the tour bill. together. Yeah, and they would um, flip a coin each night. So yeah, that's the that's the album closer. Ring Finger. Ten tracks. Nice and sharp. A rock solid album. Great debut. Debut. Really new. It's Debut. like one of those debuts where it feels like he started knowing exactly what he was trying to do. Yep. And he, yeah, hit on it. Um, yeah, you just... Super up he, my alley. No, I I would I would agree. Uh, what did you call it? My my Harry Potter alley. Di- Diagon alley. But um. Di- Diagon. Twenty thirteen was the sound wave I was. Oh thinking wow, of. goes a while back. Surely not that old. So you would have yeah. So you must have heard others other songs of his probably there. Maybe I'm paying that much attention. I mean, you'd hope so. But I wanted to play quickly. Maybe my favorite song of his, and like I say, I'm not. I'm not um, some huge fan who knows all these tracks, so it's one of the big ones, but I just, it came out um, a bit over 10 years later in 2000. Mm. It's called Starfuckers Incorporated. <laughs> and I think it, it shows like the sound developed and changed a fair bit, which it's done a few times, and he's certainly hasn't kept the exact same sound. He's changed it up a bunch, but I think this is a banger.
Yeah, that's pretty sick. Anyway, um, what do you think of that? That's a bit different. That was a bit heavier, I would say. Yeah, chunky heavier. guitars and sort of the yeah. the beats were different on the way in. Yes, yeah, very much. Uh, um, I also oh. just found out that the reason they call him Trent was because his dad's name was Michael. Oh, and he didn't like his, didn't get on nah, with his so dad, or he wanted to move well, away from that name. The parents just called him Trent, so there wasn't two Michaels. Oh, but then I was gotcha. like, why name your kid Michael if you're not going to call him Michael anyway? <laughs> yeah. Me. Some people love tradition. Yeah. Uh, even if it makes no sense to them. <laughs> or anyone else. Classic I, I just realised that I also saw them... In, I went to America in 2013 and I saw them at a festival in New Orleans as well. Nolan. So I, I think I've seen them the three times. Cool. And I regret... I Because none of them... I'd, I hadn't spoken to Evan that much about them before seeing them, I yeah. don't think. And I don't think I... Yeah, I, just, I regret not um, giving it more of a crack at the time. I remember yeah. being, like, impressed by it, but I felt like I was on the outside. You know, when you go to the gigs sometimes and you're, like, you're yeah. there, you're right in the, it, and other times you feel boundaries. like a spectator? Yeah. I felt like I was a bit of a spectator watching Trent. I felt like that going to see um, when we watched Team Impala at Sound, uh, not Soundwave, at um, Splendor in the Grass years ago. That was 2015 oh, yeah. or something, and because I, I didn't really know much by them, and I was like, eh. And then, like, two years later, I actually listened to their albums, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wasted opportunity. Oh, they're still kicking. They're another one-man they band. Yeah, is he? It's all Kevin Parker. It is? Where? And then he, he does yeah, well. like, I don't, I don't Trendy gets, his, gets a band around him for live touring and stuff. Cool. Uh, the Good other track him. I thought I should play before we start wrapping up is the Weird Al Yankovic song that Evan said yeah. was his gateway <laughs> track. It's called Germs. Excellent. <laughs> so silly. This sounds 90s as hell. I really want to be alone. But that's one state I'm never in. So you can hear there, it's, this is a terrible lie. And then it morphs into closer, I think Evan was saying. Germs by Weird Excellent. Al Yankovic. Uh, Yankovic. Off his classic 1999 album, Running With Scissors. <laughs> what uh, else is on there? Uh, Grapefruit Diet, a, a parody of Zoot Suit Riot. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, I know what a Zoot Suit oh, is. That's man, weird. how does he do it? How does uh, he do genius. it? Genius. Genius. Um, now, before it. we get into uh, rating our albums into our rate-80s, rate-80s? what are we? I can't remember. Um, uh, I found a couple of random facts for you. Uh, re old mate Michael, Michael Trent, MT. Um, 
Firstly, the one, the the first fact is like fun. Maybe he's not the right word, but um, he recorded his second full length album um at a studio that he built in the uh Celo Drive mansion where the Tate LaBianca murders had been perpetrated by the Manson family in 1969. Uh, rent a studio space in the house, which he renamed Le Pig after the word that was scrawled on the front door in Sharon Tate's Blood by Her Murderers, um, which feels like a very Trent Reznor type of thing. And then he says, despite the notoriety attached to the house, he chose to record there because he looked at a lot of places and this just happened to be the one that he liked the most. He also explained that he was fascinated by the house due to his interest in American folklore, but has stated he does not want to support serial killer bullshit, which is, I think that's pretty fucked up. That he doesn't want to support serial killer bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. You think he should support serial killer bullshit, Sam? I'm Is learning a lot about you tonight that right I don't now? know if I really <laughs> like. That's fine. Can't choose your family. Sorry Cause... to get... Oh, no. <laughs> no, I think it's fucked up that he was like, you know what? I'm not really into all this murdery shit, but I am going to choose this house that has a notorious murder attached to it and then build a a studio and name it after something that was attached to the murder itself. It's got this a slight sort of try hard (laughs) vibe to me, but (laughs) I'm interesting and gloomy. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't give you a personality, mate. All right. Yeah. You're you're putting it, laying on a bit thick there, Trent. (laughs) Michael. If that even is your real name. Um, And the other fun fact, which actually is a fun fact, uh, is that Trent Reznor receives a songwriting credit on Little Nas X's song Old Town Road due to the song heavy sampling the 2008 Nine Inch Nails instrumental track, 34 Ghosts 4, IV. I'll play a little bit of it now while you're talking. Yeah, mad. Uh, And that song reached uh, number one on the Billboard Hottest 100 in April last year, 2019. Uh, and it became would go on to become the chart's longest running number one hits, hit staying at the top for a record 19 weeks. So th- this is what I'm playing isn't the hit. This is the uh, Trent Reznor song 34 this is, Ghosts. Yeah, this is the whole. Four. That's like the entire like music composition part of it is this. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Little ba- banjo. That's banjo, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd go with banjo. Also, Old Town Road's a cracker. I love it. Yeah. Get some Billy Ray Cyrus well, this up there with doing you. a fair bit of the heavy lifting. What's, what's, um, I mean, talking about Starfuck has been a slight, uh, showing the evolution of his sound. How different is this to everything we've listened to so far? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, definitely doesn't sound like the pipes bashing on pipes, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, hammer and claw and that. Ban- oh, banjo. Just getting a hectic banjo up here. Um, so what, what, what do you rate? What do you ratey this album? Um, I... I think... Like, I think I... I enjoyed it. There's one of those ones, the more I listened to it, the more I probably liked it, which is often the Shocking. case. <laughs> but, um... I... It's still... It's not... It's not quite my thing. Uh, which isn't its fault, you know. Yep. I think I think what it was doing, it did well. It it's done its best. 
Yeah, I know. I think like I think it's a really solid. I'm going to say maybe like a 57. 57, nice. Out of a nice even rounded number. 57. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I am indifferent to this album. I didn't didn't know much about it before. Don't know if I'll keep listening to it. So I'm going to give it a 40. Smack bang. 40. Didn't dislike it. 50%. Didn't like it. 40. 40, 40. 40, 40. That was a great game back in the day. Fair enough. Yeah, you were, yeah. I mean, you still haven't uh, given any albums a low score this season like you did to some of Chisel's <laughs> albums. Yeah, I which, felt like I was a lot more brutal like for 20, Chisel. 20, 30%ers. Yeah, some of them were just no Brutal more. reviews in season one. Yep. But, um, yeah, no, not so far this time. Although that was getting pretty close. <laughs> just on. Just on the past. P's get degrees, yeah, as they say. That is that is the rule of university. Um, uh, we've got a got a couple of letters this week. Oh, cool. Um, first one is from our mate Paul Meller, who is uh, one of our regular responders uh, on the twits. Uh, hi, Matt and Sam. Uh, just dropping you a quick line to let you know it's great to have listen now back in my podcast each week. Thanks, Paul. Uh, It feels like the world is a really tough place at the moment and my town is on the verge of a second lockdown, I guess, like we've had, you've had, us have. Uh, I'm gutted to say, I gutted as it was just starting to feel slightly normal. Um, We need fun and you guys deliver. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. That's very nice. Um, What a lovely email. It was a lovely email. He goes on. I won't, I won't read all of it because reasons. Um, We've also- Is some of it personal? Is there, has he got secrets in there? Why won't you read it all? all right. Is it because of secrets? Fine, I'll read you the secrets. This season I, has really taken me back to my the, youth. I, that's not what I'm saying, We're breaking Sam. It. It's happening. It's happening. Um, I remember for my 10th birthday, I got bought the Hits of 83 double album on cassette. Not too much rock on there, but I reckon this was my first compilation album and I loved it. And then he's given us a list of tracks, but he particularly enjoyed the works of Men at Work, Madness, Bonnie Tyler and Toto. I was only 10, so that's my excuse. To be fair, they're all uh, ripping out artists anyway, so no judgment here, Paul. And uh, he says... Yeah, they've all got some hectically 80s tracks. Oh, yes. And they're so good. Yeah. I'm all about it. I've been... I've had a madness binge recently. Madness. Nice one. Yeah. Um, who else we've got? We've got Scott Clowry, who's another regular responder of ours. Who, who was that one from? That was from that Paul. That was Paul Miller. Uh, Paul Miller, what a man. And I did, was that, I imagine that was either vinyl or cassette. I that, think he said um, double cassette. Oh, double so cassette. you know it's good yeah, if it's a double. that dates it to around 1983, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> yes. Cassettes didn't have a long time at the top, but um, I, I caught just the end of them. Yeah, we had... I was there just for the transition to CDs. We, I reckon I was right at the tail end of it because we used to listen to uh, the early hits of John Farnham in Mum's Car on the Way to School and then, uh, you know, with Sadie the Cleaning Lady. Sadie oh, wow. the Cleaning Lady. That's his first single, I believe. Yeah, and then it got stuck in the cassette player in the car, so that's all we got to listen to for a good three more years before she got rid of the car. <laughs> so that was... <laughs> As it slowly died. So the worst thing about cassettes is they... Yeah, they if they were just off, it would make me feel sick it, in the stomach. Yeah, just just unwell. Um, but Scott Scott is another regular responder of ours. On your Scotty, uh, he says, "Hey Matt and Sam, Sam scoring Van Halen's 1984 album 55 was very apt, 
since Sammy Hagar's most famous solo song is probably I Can't Drive 55. Cheers, Scott Clary. Ah. On your Scott. Hey, Sam, did you do that on purpose? No. <laughs> I did you give also a score? Not heard I Can't Drive 55. And it was the album before Sammy Hagar got on board. How yeah. deep does this thing go? Does this go all the way to the top? Yeah. I'm thinking lizard people are involved. Lizard people. Are you sure you didn't know? Well, maybe Big Farmer worded me up. What can I say? <laughs> that is pretty, that's funny. 50, they love numbers, those guys. Because, they've. you know, 1984 is the name of that album. Didn't they have an album called 5150 or something as well? I think so. And then didn't they just have like Van Halen 2 and Van Halen 3? Oh, yes. Nice and simple. Yeah, and then, didn't true. Led Zeppelin name their first four albums? One, two, three, four. Yeah, I think that I, I believe that to be true. Mm. And then one of them was Houses of the Holy or something, and that broke the broke pattern. It Doesn't matter. We're not. This isn't the seventies series. We'll talk about them later. Yeah, in the seventies. We ever get to the seventies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if um, does that wrap us up for today? Have we covered everything. I think it might. Is that all? All there is in the mailbag. Uh, for right now, that is, yeah. Well, uh, if people want to get into the mailbag, uh, you can do so by emailing listennowpod at gmail.com. And, yeah, Sam will read it out if it's at all relevant to this show. And even if it's not. I mean, that were two very good examples of what is relevant to the show mm. right there. From Paul and... Scott. Paul and Scott. Two of the kings. Uh, and if you do send us your secrets, we probably will read them on air. So maybe don't do yeah, that. Yeah, maybe put in brackets, do or don't read this out. Yeah, specify, please. Um, you got to make it very clear if you don't want Sam to read out the secret parts. Uh, please, thank you. That would be great. Put it in red, highlight and bold. Um, yeah. And if you want to follow us on socials, we are Listen Now Pod on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And Matt, where can they follow you elsewhere? Uh, I'll put links in the show notes. There are always links down there, but you can find me at Matt Stewart Comedy on Facebook and Instagram, Matt Stewart underscore art on Twitter. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Matt Stewart, and my website, which is probably the thing I should have just said because it'll have links <laughs> to everything, mattstewartcomedy.com. Yay! And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am club.mau, and it's... Just mostly pictures of my fat ass cat. And I am turning 30 in this coming week. So I have made a giant ass playlist on Spotify. My username is Club Mao and the the uh, playlist is called Turning 30. And it's currently at about 27 hours. <laughs> so if you just need some mindless <laughs> tunes, go for there. You want me to put uh, that in the show notes as well so people can listen? Yeah, why not? Sweet. I'll send me the link. That's funny. I do uh, another podcast to go on with two people who are turning 30 next week. Hey. I don't know. I just do podcasts with people who are turn turning 30 this month for some reason. Anyway, that leaves us with nothing else to say this week apart from goodbye, Astrid. Goodbye. podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you hey um hawkeye hey it's me black widow next week um we're gonna listen to another album i mean <laughs> matt and sam on listen now we're gonna listen to another <laughs> album 
Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, let me just shoot some uh, arrows. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Let me shoot some more. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot some more arrows while you do some looking up of things. Pew, pew. Oh, missed that one, bugger. So we're going to be talking about... Sorry, they're going to be talking about the Dire Straits 1985 mega-hit album Brothers in Arms. Brothers. All right. Uh, it's that one, the, you know, the album cover with the steel sort of looking guitar on it? Yes. Huge hit album. Yeah, I can picture that Had all one, the actually. hits. Money for Nothing, Walk of Life. Oh, I know that one. Probably others as well. Bro- and uh, <laughs> Which we will delve yeah. into next week. Looking forward to talking about it. Anyway, laters. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.